Cheers, everyone. This is Mike Ragsdale with The 30A Company, and you are listening to 30A Radio, and we have a special guest today. We have Will Mercer, uh, one of the family owners of Mercer Estates in Washington State. Mercer Estates um, is a, is a, is a long-running wine family that we're going to talk about their history in a second, but they're also the producers of the new 30A wine, which is just hitting restaurants and, and shelves uh, in stores across the Panhandle and beyond. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm just very grateful to have Will here visiting 30A for the very first time. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, we're happy to, or I'm happy to be here and, and um, wanted to mention too the 30A, we're also kicking it off on the direct to consumer side of it. So we're excited to sell wine with the 30AWines.com and and as well as you can get them on uh, mercerwine.com as well. So Exactly. And so you guys uh, are not new to the wine business. Uh, you're certainly not new to the farming business. You guys have been farming the same land in Washington State as a family since three years before Washington became a state. Yes, that's right. We've been around for a long time and, and I'm pretty fortunate to, to uh, um, through our sustainability efforts and, and, and being... Uh, farming with the uh, appropriate long-term goals in mind that we've, mm-hmm. we've been able to successfully be on the same property for 125 years. So it's a testament to our family's, uh, you know, dedication to doing things right and uh, um, obviously producing some world-class wines for you. Yeah, so before you guys planted what would become the very first wine grapes in Washington State yeah. in the early 70s, what types of crops uh, did you and do you yeah. still produce? Well, yeah, and that's a... Interesting question. Our family history is a little unique. Um, we're a Scottish heritage. Um, our our uh, founding father, so to speak, came came from Scotland. Um, Hugh Mercer, who who came to the to the uh, uh, the United States or to the Americas back in the 1700s, was the physician to George Washington, and uh, died at the died and became a. Uh, uh, general for him during the Revolutionary War, and he died at the Battle of Princeton. So um, we have a kind of a long history, and and uh, we came out to the, uh, Washington um, to kind of start a new life uh, for the for the Mercer clan, and uh, we were started as sheep herders back in 1886 in the Horse Heaven Hills, and um, after World War after the World Wars, we switched from uh, sheep to cattle, okay, because the American uh, kind of diet went from mutton to, to beef. And uh, where we're at in Washington is really unique because everybody kind of assumes that Washington is like Seattle. Well, if you've ever been up there, it's uh, South Central Washington. We get about five inches of rain a year. So it's a a desert. It's a desert. And um, it's also a very warm desert. And we're so far north, we get the long day length. So what's the temperature like in the summer? Well, it'll be 100, 105 degrees. In Washington State. In Washington State. And uh, what's very unique is where we're at down on the Columbia River, um, the Columbia is the only cut uh, through the Cascade Mountain Range, which is one of the wettest mountain ranges in the world. So we have this high pressure that pulls low pressure. So, you know, the winds bring in the low pressure, cool winds uh, from from the western western Washington, western Oregon, really. And uh, we'll cool off from 100, 100 degrees during the day to 60 degrees at night. It's a pretty un- unique spot to grow grapes. It's uh, and apples as well as grapes. I mean, it's so, just so what place. other types of crops aside from grapes has your family grown over the the decades? Yeah, we grow apples. We've uh, grow a lot of fresh carrots. Uh, um, we do potatoes, 
uh, sweet corn. We grow alfalfa, broccoli, cauliflower, onions, um, garlic in the past as well. So quite a few diverse crops. And so out you there. guys, as a as a family, I mean, I've heard you kind of have like forty thousand acres, forty five thousand acres. But yeah. as a vineyard, you guys have twenty seven hundred acres. So we are a pretty large grower. Um, we grow for a lot of other fantastic wineries out of Washington State, like you know Chateau Saint Michel is obviously the the leader the leader of of Washington State wines, and uh, we're just be happy to be a great partner for them as a supplier and as well as some other smaller wineries. So tell me a little bit about the decision. How did the decision come about when nobody is growing wine grapes in the state of Washington? Yeah. How does that how does that happen? Yeah, it's it's pretty unique. Um, Washington State University has a um, a research ag research station in the town of Prosser, which is where we reside and uh, Walter Clore, who's kind of considered the godfather of Washington wines, was working at the university research station and convinced my family in the early 70s to plant wine grapes because Washington is on the same latitude as, as Bordeaux. And he, he was a very uh, wine-savvy uh, person and realized that it is the perfect place to grow wine grapes and, and convinced us to do it. And so we planted wine grapes, uh, the first uh, wine grapes in 1972. So we're kind of the fa- founding family of the Horse Heaven Hills Aviation. So now you guys have sold wine grapes over the decades to the Chateau St. Michel's, the 14 Hands, the, yeah. you know, the... the Quasilda Creek, yeah. Yeah. Andrew Wilson, just uh, Woodward Canyon, some great you know, old brands out of Washington. They're right, and job. so one of the things that you hear as a novice, and I wish I could say I, I was a wine expert, but I'm not, but, yeah. you know, you kind of hear that there are good years and there are bad years, and from what I gather, whether it's in California or France or wherever, a lot of that is contingent on the amount of rainfall that the grapes get, right? Uh, that if it's too much or too little, it can dramatically affect the Yeah, the, the you crop. know, especially in France, um, in Bordeaux, where, where they don't water. I mean, they can't. It's uh, against the rules of uh, wine growing there. So what we do is we have drip irrigation, and so we can, we can really control the amount of moisture that we put into the vines for canopy control, quality of the fruit. Um, because we don't get rain, you know, especially, you know, five inches of moisture a year. Most of it comes in the winter, not during the growing cycle. So we can really control the amount of moisture that we put on the vines and stress them to produce, you know, the best quality fruit to make, you know, high quality wines. Um, so we're very fortunate to where we're at and, and the ability to, to water like we do because, you know, we have a great natural resources being up in Washington State. The Columbia River is where we source our water from and which, you know, is fed from the Canadian Rockies. And, uh, yeah, we're just very fortunate to be there. It's a great so, spot. So um, you guys uh, have a large facility, a lot of employees, and then about 10 years ago, you decided, hey, we're supplying all of these grapes to all of these award-winning um, wineries. Yeah. And suddenly you decide to get in, why don't we... Uh, get into the wine business ourselves and truly become a, a vine yeah. to wine type facility. Well, I would say it's the second effort. Uh, you know, we we our original winery, you know, th- you know, 30 years ago was was really tough to sell Washington State wines, and so um, I would hate to say it, but uh, you know, Washington was was uh, when it was first being being part of the founding family of the of the Horse Seven Hills AVA. It was pretty tough to convince people to try Washington State wines, but with technology today, just like you know. Facebook and social media, it's pretty amazing how consumers can get uh, information, and the more you learn about Washington State, I think the more the U.S. consumer is going to really start gravitating towards Washington, especially with the quality for the price points. 
Right. Right, just like and the so, 38 uh, You guys were just honored and named Winery of the Year. Yes, that's correct. State. We just, uh, for Wine Press Northwest, just uh, announced that Mercer States was the Washington Winery of the Year. So it's a great, great accolade to us um, and we're very humbled and honored by it and just really a testament to the quality of the to, to our vineyards, to the employees, to our winemaker, just to, everybody does a great job, as well as our distributors. I mean, we, you know, it takes it takes a team effort to make a great bottle of wine get out into the market. So I think one of the things that struck me the most uh, coming out to visit you guys, uh, it's, it's just a stunning property, uh, a really wonderful uh, family-run business, yeah, fifth-generation farmers. But I think, you know, I was incredibly impressed, not only by your your head winemaker and her name, Jessica Manel. Jessica Manel, and she's one yeah. of is she is 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 it unusual to have a female um, a yeah. head of operations. Well, um, in our world, no. I mean, she's does great, but I think you know overall, it's it's pretty unique to have a female winemaker, and and she does such an elegant, wonderful job making our wines. We're just really privileged to have her, and you know, ironically, her husband uh, is the head winemaker for Columbia Crest. So. So there's some in, internal competitions there that makes it <laughs> makes it pretty fun. So, you know, we get uh, you know the small winery uh, uh, winemakers married to the large winery winemaker. So it's a, a unique situation. A little bit situation. of sharing information there. I think uh, you know our competition yeah, and yeah, expertise. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Great. So it's great. great. Yeah, it makes it fun. Um, so you guys uh, have a long um, military history, obviously yeah. dating back to uh, uh, George Washington, uh, yeah. not before, but that's yeah, your we have brother. Pretty, pretty patriotic Your brother family. was stationed at some point at, uh, in Pensacola. He was a Marine, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he went in... Uh I think I went in first as, you know, I was in artillery and um, at Marine, Art, Marine Corps, and then Rob went in um, as an officer and uh, was originally a, a fighter pilot to uh, with the Marine Corps, and then he got an intelligence and, and became a Marine sniper mm -hmm. um, and, and did a tour over in Fallujah. So mm -hmm. hats off to him and, and uh, all the, you know, military people out there. But uh, we are definitely a, a military patriotic family, and we do, we do a... Uh, Eagle and Plow bottle that 100% of the proceeds for some wines that we make go to to uh, back to charities, really specifically um, some out of Florida, like fallen soldiers and stuff like that, mm -hmm. that uh, we give back to, give back to the military base a lot. So Now, each of your families. fields has a specific name. You know, there you guys grow 18 varieties of grapes on, on property. Um, and... One of the fields uh, struck us as an interesting name. It was called Field 93. Or Block 93. Block 93. Block 93, yes. So tell me a little bit about Block 93. Yeah, uh, Block 93 is uh, 911 vines. So after 911, uh, we planted a friend, uh, our vineyard manager had a really good friend that went down in Flight 93. So we put in a, a tribute block to everybody went down on that. Uh, block 93 is what, it's 100% Cabernet that we make a Cabernet uh, in the Eagle and Plow um, label, which the Eagle is our patriotic side of the family and the Plow obviously represents uh, farming. So it's it's kind of a combination of our of our history and uh, that's the 100% of the proceeds um, go to charity, so. And so there are 900 vines that 911. produce yep. a limited um, limited edition every year, and that's yep. Cabernet. Um, all yep. charity. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Um, 
so let's talk a little bit about the 30A uh, products. Uh, yeah, you know, really clearly we, we had an opportunity to meet with you guys, and we've been yeah. looking for a wine partner for a long time. And and we we've launched two specific wines to begin with. We have a 30A Chardonnay, which is 2014. Tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit about. Yeah, that. no one you know understanding the the. The, the environment here in the southeast that's very warm. Uh, we we decided to make the Chardonnay more of a fruit fruit forward style, which is more of a refreshing, great um, Chardonnay for warm weather. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the perfect uh, perfect Chardonnay style to have in, in that at 38 the beach. Yeah, yeah. at the beach. No question. Yeah. And so it's uh, it doesn't. I'm I'm typically not a Chardonnay drinker, but. Uh, this one is has been described to me as a red wine drinker's Chardonnay, and that's because it doesn't quite have some of the overpowering. Uh, uh, yeah. so, so why is that? Is it because of how it's... It's the style that we make. Um, we have great quality fruit coming in, so we're, we're, we do a uh, uh, 50 or 60% of the Chardonnay is made in stainless steel tank, um, and then the rest goes into an oak barrel to age and go through secondary fermentation. But so with the end product, we bring it back together, and come up with that Chardonnay style that is is more of a fruit forward. The aromatics are fantastic, and and it's not overpowered by having too much oak influence and or ML or the creaminess. So it's not a big butterball. It's just a, it's it's a, a kind of a you know, like I said a, a style that we wanted to make for you for the environment that you're in here. And and I think we hit a home run on it. I think it's a great Chardonnay. Well, I think everybody agrees with you locally because it seems to be showing up in more and more restaurants right away. In fact, we're at uh, live right now at Stinky's Bait Shack, and we're enjoying some of the red blend. Um, and yes. the, the, the chefs and the restaurants and the shop owners really seem to be embracing both of these. In other words, this is not something we just went and slapped a 38 logo no, on some. No, you know, this all. is something that a lot of thought has gone into these varietals. Yeah. Tell us about the Red Blend, which is 2012. Yeah, kind of like I mentioned earlier, you know, Washington State is on the same same latitude as, as Bordeaux and, and the Southern Rhone in France. And so this is a Bordeaux-style Red Blend, meaning, you know, it's, it's you know, the really the Merlot-based. It's It's got uh, Cabernet. It has uh, Syrah, Cab Franc, and some Petit Verdot. Um, so it's it's um, a real true testament, really, what Washington State can produce. Mm-hmm. Some you know kind of key varieties we were well known. I mean, Washington State puts out I think some of the best Merlot in the world, and mm-hmm. it's kind of the heart of that blend. And and I think I think you know um, it's nice to be able to put that quality of fruit and, and your label on it down here to get to get people exposed to to um, some high high quality world-class wine coming out of Washington and mm-hmm. domestic domestic wine is great so now we made a conscious decision because we're trying to create a beach Chardonnay or, or wines that would be mm-hmm. beach friendly we made a conscious decision um, to go with the screw cap you know for for the line moving forward yes what do the purists think about that I mean what is the latest <laughs> what is the latest yeah, industry I mean, thinking on the screw cap versus cork you know that's a big it is a big debate and it's been going on for a while but you know we all we all know that with with you know cork you can't control the tca in it so you do get some corking some issues you can't control the the amount of oxygen transfer rate but in the technology and in you know twist offs or or the screw cap is the membranes now have breathability we can control it and really is the best environment to 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 uh, hold wine in so there's nothing low class then about the the screw cap no no not at all no the screw cap i think is is um you know just a for for us, it's a way of storing wine. Great. So when you when you buy your uh, 30A brand and crack it open on the beach, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about you know pulling the cork and bringing all the equipment with it, and you're not going to get a cork bottle of wine. Right. Right. So. Right. Um, 
it's definitely a new world, you know, way of making wine. Um, you know, first introduced by the Australians and kind of, you know, over time you see more and more screw caps coming out across the U.S., especially with white wines and mm-hmm. and the technology now with red wines with breathability. It's 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 a great environment to hold and, and to store wine. You can sit on it for a while. Yeah. Well, we want to thank Will Mercer for coming to visit 30A, for helping us produce these amazing wines. Mercer Estates, you can learn more about them by visiting mercerwine.com. You can learn more about 30A Wine by visiting 30awine.com. You should look for it in local restaurants, local shops. But also, if you can't get it, uh, if you don't happen to be at the beach, you can go uh, to the website and find it for sale. There are certain states that uh, most states they can ship to. There's a couple states here and there that we can. But yep. that's just, uh, you have to get the laws changed before yep. we can break those rules. But um, but thanks so much, Will, for coming out. And thanks to everyone for supporting the 38 company. And uh, really appreciate everything that Mercer Estates yep. has done for our brand and, and helping us uh, take 38 wine and uh, yeah, likewise, for sure. company to the next level. So. Yeah, yep. it's been a great partnership, Mike. Thank you. All right. Looking forward to seeing you soon. Back at the beach.